Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we are going to do a deep dive into the world of people analytics and people data. And my guest joining me on this interview is Thurman Diaz, PhD, Deputy CEO and Group Director, Sector Capability and Transformation Group over at Singapore's National Council for Social Services. He's also an adjunct professor at Singapore Management University and at the Nanjing Technological University. And he's a co-author of three books. And we're going to be talking about some of the lessons from some of his books in today's uh, interview. I'm very pleased to get a chance to talk to Thurman. He is a big influencer, a big expert in the space. Uh, he's he's helped educate the HR masses over the years. Hey, Thurman, welcome to the show today. Happy to be sharing some thoughts with you. Okay, so beyond my reintroduction there, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and introducing yourself to our listeners? Well, I am... Uh, uh... Working here in Singapore for the last 15 years, I actually became a Singapore citizen. I have done many things in the HR world, uh, consulting for a lot of my career. I've been an academic. I got my PhD at age 57, uh, done some interesting research in the field of compensation. And as you said, I've written three books. I've also been on the board of uh, World of Work, on the board of uh, Singapore's Institute of HR Professionals. Um, So generally in, in the HR space, um, for a long time and really keen on, on helping HR professionals improve how we do HR collectively, how, how do we improve the HR profession overall. This episode of the HR Chat Show is supported by Worksinga. We all want to hire for culture fit. Now you can. The Worksinga team of clinical psychologists and psychometricians has created a culture fit assessment that is more comprehensive than any other pre-employment assessment in the market today. We show both company and candidate their level of alignment based on 26 unique characteristics specific to the workplace. Companies that hire based on alignment will reduce attrition, increase productivity, and boost creativity within their organization. Start getting to know the humans behind the resumes by checking out WorkSinga.com, following us on socials, and subscribing to the Zynga Effect newsletter to get weekly content from the WorkSinga science team. And just before we hit record today, we're getting to know each other a little bit. You said something which uh, which I loved, and you said, "Bill, this this time in my career, I'm most focused on. I'm most passionate about helping other HR practitioners, HR leaders, and and about moving HR forwards." Where does that passion come from? It comes from a long time back, actually. I I, I can remember several mentors I've had over the years that have pointed me in the direction that, that I have eventually ended up with, which is more analytical about HR, more um, data-driven decisions, less worried about engagement for the sake of engagement and turnover for the sake of turnover, but more about how does HR add value to the business. And, and I guess my motivation is how do I shortcut this path for the ones coming behind us? And, and if we can make the profession better, this dream that we've collectively had for so long of, of having a seat at the table um, becomes a reality. So I, I just feel that this is something worth uh, spending time doing. Uh, I've, I've been doing HR now for nearly 40 years. 
um, and, and hopefully the next 40 years will be much better. And, and there's a second part to that, Bill, which is the current state of HR, I find to be the most interesting time since I started working in 1981. This HR environment today is amazingly complex and amazingly interesting. And if we don't have the tools and if we don't have the, the wherewithal and if we don't have the understanding of the business to address this future of work, I find that whatever little gain we've made over the COVID years will will fall by the wayside and, and we'll go back to being just the administrative function that often we are seen to be. Thanks for tuning in to the HR Chat Podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And now, back to the conversation. Why is that? Why, why is this particular moment in history, uh, in the history of uh, HR, um, the most exciting? The uh, seeing perhaps the most changes in in the fastest turnarounds that that, that you've seen. I, I in find your career. Uh, why, why to, is that? I, I think there are uh, a couple of things going on, sort of a a perfect storm in a, in a good way. Uh, one is the fact that uh, we have now become more analytical than before. We have more tools than we've ever had and more understanding uh, of HR. We've, we've embraced AI and RP and we've, uh, we really are uh, moving in the direction of, of data-driven uh, analysis. But during COVID, it was also important um, for the business to rely on HR to get us through uh, all of the changes that started to happen. And these changes range from you know, mental health issues on the one extreme and the other extreme is hybrid work and, and working from home and, and everything that, that had to happen during the COVID times. Uh, coming out of COVID, uh, it, it is quite clear that the future is going to be different than it was in the past. There's going to be a lot more hybrid, a lot more gig work, a lot more project work, uh, uh, just different ways of engaging Plus, we have learned to use uh, digital tools more than we ever did before, and it's a trend that needs to continue. Fidelo Inc. is a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance, and we're proud to support the HR Chat Podcast. We help identify strategic competencies and behaviors that drive results. Our team offers an HR web software to manage systems, reports, and data for HR people that need the best insights to make the right decisions and achieve better results. Learn more at Fidelo.com. Yes, I'd like you now to talk a little bit about um, some of the some of the data that HR pros do have access to, to, to today. And um, I, perhaps you could paint a bit of a picture, though, about, about the growth of the use of, of people data, of, of analytics over the last five to 10 years and, and what's, what that's done to, to change the organization. If you think about the changes in the HR profession in the last, I'm going to say, 40 years since I've been working, I mean, the biggest change that we can probably point to in that, in that period of time is the introduction of flex benefits in the 90s. Uh, other than that, very little happens in the world of HR um, of, of any major significance that, that we can point to, um, except now. Now we have learned to do some very interesting things. Uh, so, so starting with recruiting, for instance, the idea that we can now recruit using um, online assessments that we can do, online interviews that we can use, uh, AI and... and uh, all kinds of 
technology and, and data to help us figure out uh, candidates that will do a good job, candidates that are more likely to stay, to improve or hire by roughly 50%. We, we can improve our chances from, say, around 50% to about 75%. I mean, these are major changes. The, the fact that in, in training, for instance, we are now much more able to determine the ROI of training uh, and do analytics to really pinpoint which uh, segments of our employee population will most benefit from how much training um, so that we don't oversaturate, but at the same time, we don't overtrain. The fact that we have a much better understanding of what uh, it means in, in terms of value added to the organization to control turnover or to increase engagement. I mean, these are things that have never happened before. And, and now we have the means to go into the C-suite, go into the management team and have very clear arguments we should uh, be we should be doing. I, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I first started in my analytical road by doing a, a, a very interesting piece of work with sales forces um, during my time in a consumer goods company. And, and one of the things that was quite clear to me is as we went around the country trying to figure out what was the right profile to recruit, is that every single sales manager had a different idea of what the right profile was. Some wanted people with experience, some without, some with college education, some without, some of a certain age group, some not. So some would never hire somebody that had left the company. Others swore that those were the best type of employees. And in the end, it was gut against gut. And I, 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 what I did was basically, okay, let's let's take the data that we have and can we have a look at what different recruiting profiles mean in terms of actual sales outcomes for the last three years? And we were able to determine an ideal profile of salesperson, which helped us to increase sales by more than 3%. And now 3% doesn't sound like a lot, but in, in the world that I was living in at, at that time of, of soft drinks, one tenth of a percent was actually a big gain. To actually talk about 3% gains was huge. And for the HR person to be talking about 3% gains was humongous. And yet we achieved that. We achieved more than 3% gains to the point that that uh, approach became not just used in the country where we started it, but in all the countries around the region. And we were able to turn around the, the business from a loss-making operation. Two years later, we started making profits. That is value-added using data. And, and I've never looked back. I have never gone back to any single boardroom or any single management meeting without data under my arm to make our case. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit now about building on traditional HR skill sets. How does, how does your 2019 book, Fundamentals of HR Analytics, make understanding and engaging with data analytics easier for professionals <laughs> at, at all levels? That, that's, what it, that, that's what it says. It says at all levels, uh, you, you can get it if you, if you read what, what you guys call it, a manual. Um, so how is it easy con to consume? How do you present that? Uh, can you offer some examples of bite-sized chunks, et cetera? Yeah, the, the genesis of this book was specifically aimed at people already in the HR profession who are afraid of numbers. Your typical HR person that basically says, oh, I, I am not good with numbers. The reason I got into HR is because I'm not good with numbers. If I had been good with numbers, I would have gone into finance that sort of uh, of person. And, and unfortunately, I must say, the HR profession is 
packed with people who feel that they're afraid of numbers and who are now concerned about the fact that the profession is moving towards data, that um, senior management is asking us for more analysis and, and a better way to make decisions, and, and yet we don't know how to do this. So this book is written precisely with people like that in mind. All of the people that feel that they have to move up in this um, analytical uh, path really are afraid to get started. And, and this came from years and years of teaching um, statistics for HR folks, uh, particularly for compensation folks, who all, even compensation folks, were, were afraid of doing so. And, and also of consulting with HR teams that, that we're afraid to, to move down in this path. So what we introduce in the book is the idea of uh, an eight-step model that if you follow it, makes analysis quite simple. Now, it is fundamentals of HR analytics. It is not advanced HR analytics. It's really meant for people who have no knowledge of analytics to start them down in this path. So the eight-step model basically walks them through the idea that uh, ideally you want to start with a business model in mind, uh, 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 some business question that you're trying to answer, something that the business cares about, profits, revenue, customer uh, retention, customer satisfaction, something that the business wants to know about. And you want to answer that question with HR variables. So it takes you through the idea that you build some hypothesis of what could potentially be happening, um, how then to analyze, the, collect the data, clean the data, analyze the data, reach some insights, turn those insights into recommendation, and those recommendations with the insights into a story, uh, a story that uses visuals that can then uh, be used to sell what we're trying to do. So if you follow the eight steps, uh, anyone can become analytical. Now, th there is a caveat, and it's a small caveat, really, in that you, you need to know, at a minimum, some basic statistics. And, and what I mean by basics is probably half a semester's worth. Um, most of it is in Excel, so you also don't have to get too worked up about, do I need to know R and Python or SPSS? You don't. You can do most of it in Excel. And you can use the Excel tools to do correlations, even multiple regressions, t-tests, ANOVAs, simple statistics. And that will get you a long way towards what we need to do. In reality, just with Excel, you can probably do 70 to 85% of any question that anyone will ever throw at you just by knowing what it is you're trying to do. So that's, that's what we do in the book. And then we take them through examples in each of the HR areas, examples of recruiting, examples of training, examples of uh, workforce planning, examples of, of compensation, uh, and so forth, to, to sort of get them through um, understanding how to use it. And we give them some tools of analysis that they can also apply in, in their work. So it really is a manual for the uninitiated to get them started. It sounds like you're of the opinion that anyone can, can get to grips with the data, um, if, if they've got the right mindset. But I don't know, I, I speak to a lot of people and their, their passion is on the people side more than delving into, into the numbers, so to speak. Would you also concede, would you agree that some folks uh, perhaps are better suited to the, uh, the people officer type role, you know, the coaching, the mentorship, the support side of things, and whereas others 
are perhaps better suited to um, what we often see as a CHRO role and those below them these days, which is jumping into that data and, and being much more much more numbers focused. Actually, I don't see it as an either or proposition at all. I think every HR professional should be uh, acquainted with numbers. And like I said, not everybody needs to be a HR analyst and not everybody needs to be a data scientist in HR, but everybody needs to understand how HR analytics works, how to make data-driven decisions. And even as I say, people manager who is, you know, maybe an HRBP helping um, some line operation uh, manager uh, carry out their work, even in that case, if you have good analytics to help him or her make the right decision because you have the right analysis behind it, then you're going to be much better off. You know, I'll give you simple examples. Uh, maybe we have three different workforce agencies that we're using to hire our manufacturing staff. If you do the analysis properly, you may actually discover that the people that we hired through agency C are much better in the in terms of longer retention, uh, and we should be doing that. Or that by hiring from universities A and B, you're going to get a better chance of having people that will uh, still perform but uh, stay here longer than those that we hire from universities C and D. And, and it's that kind of very simple and yet very powerful messages that you can take to your line managers from an HR point of view that helps you be a better HR professional and help your um, the person that you're supporting uh, have better results through people. So I, I truly don't think this is an either or proposition. Everybody should learn how to be better at making decisions with numbers. Okay, there we go. Okay, we are already coming towards the end of this interview. Can you believe that? Uh, two more questions for you before we, before we wrap up. Uh, next one, what are, what are your big predictions for, for HR tech and HR analytics in terms of the, the potential disruptors in 2023 and why? Um, I, I think that the one function that deserves better uh, attention from the uh, HR tech and, and HR analytics world is compensation. The irony of it is that the compensation people were always seen back in the day as the numbers people, but truly I think analytics has made a lot more progress in recruiting and in, in training than it has in compensation. We, we still rely on old mechanics of, of doing it. Um, I, I think um, the time has come to actually break down some of the models that we take for granted, pay for performance, for instance, which, Actually, the, if you look at the analytics, uh, it may not always work, uh, and yet people feel that this is dogma, but there may be other models to consider, pay for development, pay for retention, uh, flex pay uh, beyond flex benefits. So so my bold prediction is that the next frontier in the HR analytics world is going to be compensation, and that we're going to end up with quite interesting things such as um, flex pay and uh, things perhaps like uh, different uh, compensation models within organizations um, to accommodate not just different pay methods, but uh, different populations. How we're going to pay the gig workers, uh, and, and for even for gig, we may end up analyzing the fact that it's or benefits for performance type of, of approach. So that's my bold prediction. Comp is next. Okay, wonderful. And just finally for today, how can our listeners connect with and learn more about you? The easiest way is through LinkedIn. Uh, it, um, easy to find for me, DS PhD. 
and I'd love to hear from uh, any one of you. I'm uh, always keen to uh, connect with uh, folks. And um, if, if you happen to write, I will be sure to respond. And I can testify to that because I, I wrote you a little note and I sent you a connection request there on LinkedIn and you were gracious enough to get back to me in a prompt manner and make this conversation happen today. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thank you very much for your time today. Delighted to have been with you. Thank you so much, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.